Hello, and welcome to Character in Action, the official podcast for the Seven Degrees of Change Foundation. My name is Matthew J. Norcross, and I'll be your host as we have the privilege of talking with decision makers from our community and beyond who are living examples of the character traits of the Seven Degrees of Change, which are empathy, respect, responsibility, fairness, trustworthiness, caring, and citizenship. These guests are willing to come in and explain how they live and show others by example to be a phoenix. These character traits serve as the basis of a book series I authored called The Phoenix, as well as a correlating education curriculum developed in association with High Point University. Today's guest is Steve Snyder, a martial arts instructor since 1996. He is currently the co-owner of the Tiger Rock Martial Arts Academy in Hyde Point, North Carolina, alongside his wife, Maria, and is a longtime instructor of Taekwondo and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Maria, meanwhile, is a kickboxing specialist, and together they have two adult children. He is a graduate of the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Steve joins us now from High Point. Steve, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. So, as an extra, as an instructor of martial arts, pardon me, you're a living example of character in action. Now, before we get started, can you please tell the listeners more about yourself? Okay. Um, I'm Steve Snyder. I'm a business in High Point uh, named Tiger Rock Martial Arts. I uh, took over this academy in 1996. I started my martial arts career around 88, 89, I was in the military, and then Moved to Greensboro after I got out of the military in 92 and then started college at UNCG. And upon finishing there, I started up a martial arts business in High Point. Very nice. Very nice. So how do you define character? Okay. Well, character is, is something that people can generally, what I try to tell the students is pretty much who you are and how you condone yourself when nobody is watching. Because everybody can put on a facade or try to be something that everybody expects when others are around. Correct. But a true character is, what do you do when nobody's listening or watching? You know, and how do you act and condone yourself? Um, but, and that character is defined through our true self. And that's how we ultimately will build respect amongst others. Keyword. Respect, keyword. Please tell us a story of witnessing either in person or in history someone who is a true phoenix, someone who was a role model, leading by example and making the world a better place. Well, you know, uh, when I saw the question, I had to, it wasn't too hard for me to think. The one person I was fortunate to come across is somebody that never really accomplished much in a business career or anything, but however, in life, something that I really uh, followed by is my father-in-law, out of all people, my wife's father, same as Hugh Abernathy. Mm-hmm. The guy, the gentleman, you just, whenever you are around him, you wanted to be a better person. He just, he gave everything and expecting nothing in time. It was, and because of that, you automatically respected him. He never could really say an unkind word about anybody. He always found the good in others and was a true follower of Christ. 
and just gave as much as he could and never asked for anything up front. And the one thing was, is you knew, you knew who he was. He was completely honest. Whether you liked what he had to say or not, you knew where he stood. But a quiet guy that listened more than he spoke, but when he spoke and through his actions, you just wanted to be a better person around him. You, you didn't want to disappoint the man, regardless of who you knew him or your relationships with him. And so he was somebody that constantly, I would see in, I mean, lived born and raised in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and just everybody respected him because he always, just for what he did with everybody around, he was always trying to help others. So just somebody I always respected. And when I think of, when I think about character and definitions that you gave of, of the Phoenix, he falls into every category. Now I can put his name into every category within there. That's a great story. Now, please share a moment that stands out in your mind, something big or even the slightest gesture that was a transformative Phoenix moment, one where you had a significant impact on an individual's life or on a group of people. Well, there's no one in particular. Instead, I'd like to, it's more so a byproduct of, of, my, of my career choice. And I hear from recurring uh, students over the years. And at times when least expecting, I will hear from a past student who simply thanks me, providing them with certain tools to succeed, whatever they may be. And so to that time, it, re, it reaffirms to me what I do each day. Uh, I come in the class and we're trying to motivate students and just to be better people. And when I hear back from old students over the years of how there are certain times in their life where they fell back to the qualities that we inspired in students inside our program to use and how they help them lead to success, it, that's just a self-rewarding process to what we do. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So you were mentioning respect, and um, that's actually the first question I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask you. This is an important trait of martial arts, and in this case, courtesy from my memories as one of your Taekwondo students. And sadly, respect doesn't seem to be a real priority for people these days, especially in the age of social media. How do you think we can rekindle the trait of respect today? Respect is something which should be given first before it is received. Mm -hmm. That's how I was born and raised. And somehow, somewhere, this seemed to change in our society. Respect is expected to be received, however, not necessarily given. And social media has been a, has provided a platform for people just simply to be rude, offensive, and disrespectful to others with little to no consequences. Mm -hmm. Much of this stems from a generation which feels obligated to challenge authoritative figures instead of providing a certain level of respect. It was, and that goes into teachers, parents, right. adults, and law enforcement. And so, you know, people expect them to give them, they, there's a unwritten new rule of what respect is supposed to stand for. And it's, and because it's unwritten or undefined through this generation, they say, well, you're being disrespectful to people. What is your definition of respect to 
it, to say that we're being disrespected. So the contradiction to it is, well, what are we doing? Well, law enforcement and teachers, they have a goal or a quest of whatever they're, they're trying to do and to try to help others. And if that impedes on somebody's personal objective, then that seems to be disrespectful. However, they don't see how their actions are affecting others, which in return is what we would consider disrespectful. So it's it, this whole thing about respect has just, it's lost in society or the definition has been changed and nobody really knows what it should be. If we would just go back to the simple thing of you know, that whole trade of treat others as you would like to be treated yourself first, then that respect would come in automatically. Treat others the way you would like to be treated. That is an age-old saying, that's for sure. Now, let's move on to responsibility. You're not only a teacher of Taekwondo, but you're also trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and your wife Maria is a kickboxer. Not only that, but you're also, you've also raised a family. How do you manage both of your responsibilities, raising your family and teaching martial arts? Well, martial arts is there's two sides of my martial arts, and one is that there's a business side to it of running my business, and then the other part is my personal training. Right. Managing time is always a challenge. Time is our most valuable commodity. So it, at times, sacrifices have to be made on both sides, both family and work and person. And so it's weighing those differences at certain times. And not to say that it's always been the right decision, but it's been with the right thing in mind. I mean, there's times where there are things that I'd like to do with my family, but I was unable to because I had to work in order to provide for them. So there was that time that had to be taken away from them to make things get ahead. And then there's times where I simply had to make sacrifices for my family and work just had to take a step aside. So it's weighing the importance at that time between the two. But time is something we can't get back. And so it's making a decision at the time. And we do the best we can and through time and through experience. We learn how to weigh that better and better. But at the end of the day, everything between my martial arts business and my family, family's got to come first and foremost all the time. Family first. Now, let's move on to fairness. Now, for any listener who is a classic rock fan, the Rolling Stones have a great line in one of their most popular songs. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometime, you get what you need. And that song, in my opinion at least, is a great demonstration of fairness. How do you define fairness as a Taekwondo and BJJ instructor? I think fairness in life not just so a lot of the things that we do in all, all of our martial arts it's going to portray in the life outside and that's one of the things with our students we want to everything that we're conveying should follow into our day-to-day -day life choices and challenges and so ultimately I, I look at fairness depends on the rules set and how we abide by them it is simply an agreement of understanding between the parties so when one steps outside the agreed rules, then it'd be considered unfair. So fairness is overall 
the rules in which we're playing by. And the rules can be the laws that are that we have in our country or the rules of the game, whatever the game may be. If it's a martial arts competition or a a sporting, any sporting event that's out there. And that's where if we're not playing by the rules that are provided, then we're, we're penalized in some way or another. And in fairness, in a relationship, if we're stepping outside the either written or unwritten rules, then there's consequences to be made within that relationship where we lose trust right. and, and these other things. So fairness is simply something that we have to, we, we have an agreement between others that we're working with at that time. And we have to make sure that we stay within the rules of the agreement. Stay within rules of the agreement. That I I agree with you one hundred percent on that. That is very important to think about. So, let's move on to trustworthiness. As a martial arts instructor, as a family man, how do you define and live out trustworthiness? And more importantly, how can you instill it in others, more specifically your customers and with your students? So, trustworthiness is. It's based upon you being honest and truthful. Right. So, and that's going to go back. That just, I think trustworthiness is something that's, once it goes back to something on, that's, you you got to earn the trust of others. Right. It's something that can't be just given. So that goes back, that's going to follow back into the whole discussion on character Mm -hmm. and the respect we give others and how we follow into that that rule of fairness. So are we so the amount of trust that somebody's going to give me is going to be based upon my integrity at the end of the day. So my that's something that that can't be bought and it can't be given. It has to be something that's earned. But however, integrity is what I I've always told my own kids. Right. And students at the same time is that you can have not a dime to your name. You can be the richest man in the world as long as you have integrity. And so the amount of trust that somebody's going to give me is going to be ultimately based on the amount of integrity that I have with others. Integrity gives me flashbacks. That's for sure. Taking your Taekwondo classes. Now, let's move on. Let's move on to caring. During your leadership, Tiger Rock High Point works with children who have certain disabilities and behavioral problems. Not only that, but you also work with adults who want to live a healthy lifestyle. How do you care for these individuals? So, hey, believe it or not, there are adults who have disabilities and behavioral problems too as well. Mm-hmm. And they try to use the... And the one thing about martial arts and, and the way we do things inside our own program... It's not a, it's not based upon what your abilities are or the problems that you come in with. It's about how you can overcome those. So the caring that we have to take with, with others is going to follow in, follow into how well we can relate with them down the road and we can help them motivate them to overcome these things and help them believe that a disability is not necessarily a disability. It's just something that slow you down. It may slow you down 
but it's not gonna, it's not a preventive measure. And behavioral problems are the same thing. It's, it's learning how to, if there's something is beyond our control, then how do we learn to adapt and deal with that? Right. And that's the same with a healthy lifestyle. It's just trying to make changes into the way we're doing things. Obviously, what we're doing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So we just need to change. So it, with that understanding is in our approach. So our approach has to be working with students and knowing that people are trying to better themselves regardless of whatever they have that's hindering them at this time. So therefore, we have to take the time and patience in order to help them reach their goals. Gotcha. Now, let's move on to uh, citizenship. One, one of the most important aspects from Taekwondo that I remember from when I was a student of yours was community. And if you think about it, community and citizenship are very much one and the same. Can you tell us what it means to be a good citizen? Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that can be played as a good citizen. First and foremost, it falls into just being a good person. Right. So if we have those attributes of integrity and the caring to others, then citizenship to me is how you would apply it into your community. And so it's not always a finance. It bothers me sometimes that when people talk about community, it comes down to a financial contribution. Right. I think it, I think community more so is going to be how you relate and interact with others in your area. And so what is your intention? And for our community, I think, especially during the, the bad word called COVID and the shutdown that we endured, one of the things that inside the city of High Point uh, it was the business owners really, they, there were a lot of business owners in High Point and with our city council and stuff that really got to have to lean on each other in order to continue surviving what we never expected. And so there were some positives that came out of that in the relationships of uh, trying to help others without asking for anything in return. So it was... I'm going to, if I help you out, then that's ultimately going to help me out. So we can help build our, our, make our area and our community um, thrive in many different areas. You know, we can, through feeding people, through limiting um, homelessness, just simply helping out other businesses. Then in return, that's going to help us out because we my number one to success is going to be that High Point is a thriving community. If it's a thriving community, then in return down the roads, I'll have a thriving business. So we have to look at how are we leaning on others and helping them at the same time in order to make them better. I mean, if we make them, if we're helping to make others better in our area, then that's going to come back in tenfold. So that's why with especially our, our children, it's not about giving. We talked about doing community service and events. It's relating with others inside our our city, in our area. Yeah, I can definitely see where you're going with that. I remember when um, I remember 
when High Point was um, almost completely shut down during COVID, it a lot of small businesses were struggling. That's for sure. And many shut down, unfortunately. And so even to this day, I, I still, when I talk to other small business owners, I try to see how their business is doing. And mm-hmm. just having that communication and that discussion, it gives me an idea of how things are going in our area. And then the question is going to come in, what can we do to help make it better? You know, and through that support, uh, you know, what are the little things you can do to help others? And that's, it's not a one-time deal. It's, it's a day-to-day opportunity. So if, if I walk into an establishment, whether you're a restaurant, a convenience store, and simply being polite and, and holding a door open for somebody or saying hi, good morning, good afternoon, those things raise to our community and our and our sit and help make people go, hey, it's a better place to live. I mean, we can look at going to New York City. I mean, people are just so busy and passing, they don't take the time to, to say polite words. So citizenship is how we're going to contribute to others without expecting anything in return. So um, the final question I'm going to ask you is about empathy. I mentioned to you in my question about caring that you work with children who have disabilities. I can definitely relate to those individuals because I had a learning difference throughout my educational career. Personal story. How do you empathize with young people who have a disability? Like, for example, a children who a child rather who learns differently from their peers. Empathy is something that simply first starts out with you have to have a level of understanding to where, what people are dealing with. And so the first thing is, is to ask questions. If, if you don't, if, if I don't know a disability and what the, and how the individual is functioning and simply asking questions. And the more you understand and the more you know, the more you can empathize or relate with the person and what they're dealing with and then trying to help them overcome that. Everybody has some sort of limitation. Nobody's perfect. It doesn't matter. You can say, well, I'm too short or I'm too tall or I'm not as athletic. I have some sort of ache or ailment to one consideration. And then there's the amount of disabilities that people have, whether it be learning um, and you name the acronym that comes out now, ADD, ADHD, or however. But if we can understand what they're coping, what, is it, what they're dealing with, then we can help them with a coping mechanism of how to physically overcome these things. That is that it's simply a limitation at this time, but it's not going to hold us back from reaching our goals. And I think one of the one of the things to be understood when reaching goals is it doesn't matter how long you take to get there. All that matters is that, that you get there. And, the, and I like to tell students that the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that unsuccessful people simply quit somewhere along the lines. So if we can empathize with people and better understand what their limitations are, then help them understand how they, through perseverance, can continue then they will see that that disability can actually become a strength. Because I, one thing I do know is that 
people that have some sort of limitation or disability, it forces them to develop a work ethic that's second to none. And that's, if they have that perseverance with that work ethic and those meet together, then it's amazing the things that people will accomplish. Whereas somebody who doesn't deal with obstacles often, they get more complacent in their lifestyle. So I look at disabilities as that actually being a really good thing for most because it helps them develop that work ethic. Perseverance. That's a very important word that people should learn in my view. Now, before we close, please share with us some thoughts on how we can bring character back into our culture. Well, it's not an overnight thing. Um, it's a it's a continuing thing, and honestly, everything I think starts back with the family and parent, mm-hmm. and what parents are going to the insight that they provide and guidance they provide to their children. What values are they going to instill in their kids? How much? And it really comes down to how much time they're going to put in with a kid, and with that is parenting can never be done alone. It goes into the community. And so it, it takes a village to raise a kid. So you, as a parent, if we want good character out of our children, then we need to be more decisive into the activities and the people we expose them to. And so we have to make sure that the internet and certain peers you know, that we want to make sure that they know the difference. I mean, that those things are not good educational t- tools, especially the internet. So if we're going to put them in a sporting event, well, it's, it's not about the sport, it's about the coach. Right. And if they're going to, you know, if they're going to be in an activity, well, what is that activity? How is that going to help mold them into the future adult that we want them to be? Because by the time it's an adult, those habits and those thoughts that they already had as a child, they're pretty much ingrained in them. And it's going to take a lot of work to make a change. However, if it's just become part of what we refer to as their DNA, they know nothing different, then it makes it makes life a lot, it makes things a lot easier for them when they become a, an adult. So we can society, we can redefine character values into our years through, and it's got to come at the home. It can't be through teachers. It can't be through coaches. And it's not necessarily done through peers. It's got to start with parenting. Parents have to take an active role simply with each one of their kids. And then they use everything else around them, coaches and teachers and activities as tools to reinforce the values that they want on on their child. That's a great way to put it. I agree with you 100% on this. Everything you just said. Steve, thank you for joining us. It was an honor and it was a great privilege to be able to speak with you today. Uh, Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you. And I really, really love what you're doing with the whole Phoenix and and attributes because it falls into exactly what we're talking about here inside our program each and every day. To learn more about the High Point branch of Tiger Rock Martial Arts, please visit their website at tigerrockhighpoint.com. That's one word, tigerrockhighpoint.com. 
And for information about Snyder's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu classes, visit bjjhighpoint.com. And as always, for more info about our foundation and both the Phoenix Children's Book Series and curriculum, visit us at 7degreesofchange.org. Thank you for listening. I'm Matthew J. Norcross, and always remember, everyone can be a phoenix.